HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I am Chapadiwan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps bring expert bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today, Louis is going to try to convince me of something that I don't think he can. I'm not even sure that I'm trying to convince you of something, right. Java. I, it's just a, it's a conversation I think is worth having. Okay. Start it. Go. Okay. Should. The uh, the the idea is that plastic will save the world. So can I? Uh, I I don't even <laughs> want to start throwing stones at you. So make your argument. Yes, you do. You've been through. Well, yeah. Well, you know. So so first, first, like, where does this come from, right? Well, okay. okay. So these folks at uh, at True Believers have this product called uh, eco spirits you familiar with this oh i am very familiar yes i do have a linkedin and i follow uh, a lot of their publications do you really uh, yeah of course oh i'm not even sure that i follow them on linkedin that's the only social media that i am uh, i think more active on really yeah well, 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 that's a whole different subject we'll 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 park that and talk afterwards about that. Uh, so, so I had a, a conversation with Dan Walker over there, and I, you know, I've I've got, as you can imagine, all sorts of issues with plastic. Even though I use a ton of plastic, you and I have had the conversation about the uh, the the every two week shot that I have to take that causes me to throw plastic in the landfill that annoys me. Like, like, like I'm so anti plastic, and then I have this conversation with Dan about mm. what they're doing at Eco Spirits, and it kind of turns it turned my ideas upside down so i okay so but but, but even before you keep on going what the hell is eco spirits for anyone that doesn't know yeah it's an excellent Mm -hmm. question java (laughs) so eco spirits eco spirits how i guess depending on where you are in the world (laughs) what they're doing is they're taking i think it's five liter batches of spirits like you know Mm -hmm. jack daniels what have you 
and, and, put, and literally selling it to bars in one giant five-liter container. And then you get one single bottle and you keep refilling that bottle from that five-liter container. And then you get a new five-liter container and then keep refilling that same bottle. So what they're trying to do is twofold, is trying to reduce the waste in terms of glass bottles, but then also reduce the uh, the carbon footprint of shipping the spirit across the globe to different bars. And just to make this clear, the jug, the, the five-liter jug that you're getting, does that get reused or that gets thrown away after one use? No, no, that gets reused. So okay. let's, let's go to the quote because it's kind of covered in the quote from Dan. Okay, okay. Okay. You know, that cap that's on that bottle, you have no idea where that came from, right? That label on that bottle, you have no idea where that came from. You, you know, everything has a carbon footprint, right? And I think people forget that, you know, globalization is part of the problem in a way. Um, and so <laughs> because, you know, we've got this issue where, you know, literally shipping has more quadrupled in some cases, it's made people shift back to this idea that, well, I have to start looking locally and I think, you know, it's it's not something I don't think everyone from a climate point of view would say, well, you know, that we have to locally source to reduce the carbon footprint, you know, of everything, but it's happening. It's, that, that, that's the reality. So I think there are, I think probably my point was that there's one good thing to come out of this all, that this is this is something that is happening. Um, and obviously it's made, it look at, it's made us look at a lot of other areas, but I think when we're specifically talking about Los Arcos, I think, you know, we, when we created this brand, we saw an opportunity for it to only be, you know, sort of what, what we're, we're sort of calling eco spirits native or circular native. So, you know, we built the brand with the idea that it would, it would live and exist within eco spirits and, and the world that eco spirits is providing in terms of bulk liquids, really hammering down on that and not worrying about sort of unnecessarily filling bottles. So they weigh more to get them to the venue, etc. And, and really focusing on the glass as well to make sure that, you know, the packaging is um, more resilient um, to the to the environment of a, of a bar. I think most people are aware that bars are actually quite wet places and actually aren't very friendly for traditionally packaged products. And so by us labeling with, we are using plastics in this case, but we are trying to move to a, to a UV um, print on the bottles we're trying to find someone that can do this at scale it's becoming an issue i think you've maybe seen the package los arcos is quite a colorful uh brand and that that has caused some issues for us but at the moment we're sort of applying a sort of clear translucent label um obviously it's made from plastics but it's very resilient to to water and the whole idea really is to make sure that you know the bars and the restaurants etc can get as many uses out of that bottle as physically possible we generally like to say that the the, um, the glass will probably fail um, before the before the label will. That's that's the goal. So, uh, so there's a bunch in there uh, <laughs> that I mean, we could spend two hours talking about uh, about many of the things that he mentions, and I do not believe there is a evil material in the same way that I don't think there's an evil food. Right? It's all depending on context. And I actually believe, truly believe that plastic, it's a tremendous technical achievement of humanity. The problem with it is that it somehow became tremendously inexpensive. And we do a ton of single use products made out of plastic, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous. So as, as, a, as humans, we came together to develop something that can last more than anything else 
And then we decide to put it in the context of single use, which had been previously occupied by fibers and things that could be reintegrated in nature really fast. So I think that in the context of eco spirits, if you have a vessel that can contain a bunch of spirits that actually takes less energy to be fabricated when compared to glass, that it's obviously more resilient than glass, that weighs less than glass. So the gas that you're using to move it from point A to yep. point B, it's easier to to clean maybe just because again, like it's not gonna break. And it has all of these advantages. And maybe one of these Echo Spirits jug might have a 25, 30 year lifespan. That's right. when I yep. think that's when I think plastic makes a ton of sense. And right. then, because if that were the case, then the production of plastic, if everything we use in the plastic world will t- have a 30-year lifespan, you wouldn't have the massive factories that we have right now. You will have a few extremely specialized factories fabricating extremely long-lasting plastic products, and that, that'll, that'll be it. It will be like the diamonds of the everyday use things. Yeah, that, but, you know, the other piece that I hear in that quote um, that speaks at least uh, to to what I'm concerned about, well, I shouldn't say what I'm concerned, I'm concerned about all of it, but that, that speaks to how I'm thinking about this is local, local, local. How do we source locally? And And I get that this is a solution to stuff that's not sourced locally, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't source anything from a distance, but... And when I look at the uh, the the theme of the '70s, right, was reduce, reuse, recycle, and somehow we just decided that last of the three words, recycle, was the way to go. I think there's reduction. I think the reuse of those plastic containers is important. Use fewer of them, reuse them as often as possible, and then when you can no longer use them, yeah, if there's a way to recycle them, that's what we should be doing. Yeah, and. Honestly, I think that that's the way that spirits lived in, like, for the majority of their lives. They were not in tiny little packages and then distributed. When you see a lot of the images of how spirits were moved from point A to point B around the planet, that's how the barrel got to exist, right? <laughs> like, they were all trying to use units that that were on the bigger side of things. And then at the bar, they will serve you a little shot. They will actually bottle it at the bar. And I think that's also, I don't know, I, I think that that opens a lot of interesting opportunities in how you will consume the final product also at the bar. Like, if I go to a place and I see a big jog and they're serving me out of that, I don't know, it just gets closer to my heart. Yeah, though, you know, you're saying the bar, and I get why you're saying the bar. You live in a city, I live in a city, but it also makes me think about all these communities we visit where so frequently the Mescalero, Mescalera, who we're speaking with, is serving the local community by and large. Maybe a little bit of export, but it's really, it's it's distilled for local consumption. Yeah, and I think like even Echo Spirits, again, like that's a huge advantage of having people that are dedicated to make a better product out of a material that we might find controversial. I'm sure because they're dedicated to do something that it's plastic-based, but it's targeting alcohol. I'm sure that's better than a lot of the jugs that we see in these communities, right? They might have uh, better densities. They might impart less flavors to the to the alcohol. So I'm even f- thinking that these might be things that they can give, you know, like I'm even thinking like sort of philanthropy, they can give this to the producers of mezcal around Mexico and maybe ensure that their mezcal 
if they cannot afford glass, is be is better protected than the, if they were just using out of shelf plastic jugs that they sell around. I was talking with the San Second Kids, uh, which is a cooperative based in Guerrero. They have one million pesos worth of glass in their cava. They have. Hang on a second. That's been used already, or that's literally in reserve. There's a bunch of it that it's not full, but. They are the extreme of a cooperative that decided to make a huge expense for glass. I cannot think of many mescaleros in the country that can spend 600, 800 pesos per 20 liter glass containers. So you're talking about like the, the 20 liter garrafones? Yes, they have a million pesos worth of those. Wow. <laughs> it's wow. insane. You walk into their cava, you see them. I mean, all the spirits they have have only touched glass in their lifetimes. And, but again, like, I, I'm not saying that has to be 100% of the producers because that's an insane, insane expense. But if you have something that it's plastic based, that it's going to be resilient, that it's cheaper, that it's more friendly to alcohol, I'm, I'm game for that. God, it's funny. Like when, when you when you say that, like I start getting these pictures in my head of this room full of these garfones, and I get excited. You know, it's sort of the romantic picture that we talk about with all mezcal and the, the chiseled hands and the right. And, One of and, the best days of my life, man. Like when I walked in there, I, I I just felt butterflies in my stomach and arms and head, and just just all butterflies. <laughs> Yeah, and I get that, but boy, you know, I, I I start thinking. I think about two things, right? Like one thing is, I'm kind of fooling myself when I look at that glass and I think of it as this more special product than plastic, um, because a there was that 20 liter garrafone of of agave spirit we were storing in your brother's place that uh, didn't have such a good life. Exploded. It exploded, right? And, and as you told me, that sometimes happens with glass. And then I think about the fact that, you know, in 2018, 2018, only 31.3% of glass was recycled. Well, that's just because we're stupid. But, well, you, you're uh, saying stupid, maybe lazy. But then if you also look at um, the cost the environmental cost of recycling plastic, of recycling glass. Hey, 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 glass is not a saint. And I worked with glass a long time. Uh, that was one of the areas that I have explored the most, recycling glass. It uses way less energy than if you were making it from scratch, but the amount of emissions, energy, and other elements that you have to add into that mix, uh, yeah, glass is not a saint. Yeah, and I think it kind of boils down to, uh, and, and maybe this is really my conclusion here, but I think it kind of boils down to the idea that um, there's, A, there's no easy answers, but 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 B, we, we need to go back to that idea of reduce and reuse. Just pick the right material for the right application. Yeah. I like that. that. That's that's it. <laughs> Don't use something that's gonna last two hundred years for eating a tamal and throwing it away right away. Use the 
corn leaf for that. And then for something that has to last 30 years and it's going to abuse, be abused daily, coming out of a truck, uh, being poured into a bottle, uh, all of those things use the hardy materials. I think yeah. that's, that's my conclusion. Yeah. And, and I'd say since uh, this, this uh, theoretically, this podcast is for Kringex bartenders, like if you're a bartender who's interested in looking at getting these bulk spirits, hey, Go to the webpage for this episode and we'll have a link to uh, all the different spirits that Eco Spirits offers in the U.S. and abroad. Um, you know, the the interesting one being the one that, well, they're all interesting, but the, especially I think the one that he was talking about, Los Arcos, which is their agave spirit um, that's Blue Weber agave, 100% Blue Weber. They uh, they couldn't, uh, they didn't have the, the right because of the regulations to, to put their tequila in these five liter containers. Uh, so like if, if you're interested in something that tastes like tequila is made in the same way that tequila is made and getting it in bulk so that you've got a smaller carbon footprint for your tequila, this is something worth checking out. Chido. Wow. Joven Lu, I'll see you soon. Hasta pronto. <laughs> this has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound Engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme Song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.